that kids experience security, Mm -hmm, love, mm -hmm. all that kind of stuff, trust. So much of that is hardwired into them in this first stage of life. Mm -hmm. And a lot of that for followers of Jesus is how do we do all those things in a way that helps normalize Christianity so that it's just part of our lifestyle, part of what we, going to church is one of the things we do. Parents, it's time to celebrate. The new On Purpose Parents podcast, a Saddleback Parents podcast has arrived for tips, ideas, and encouragement to help you win at being an on-purpose parent. All right, all right. Now, wait a second. Is this different? This is different music than last time? Or the same? Did we land? I don't know why that I'm always so... That kind of sounds similar. We're doing it different says, music each time. Is it time. different? That one sounded I know so you, similar. I agree. Yeah. I like it, though. You say that, and yeah. yet that was... If that always, was it always feels the same. Yeah. <laughs> Dude, that, that was, what, from last week? I don't know. You think it's the same one from last week? I feel like week? it's the same. From last week, yeah. yeah. It's like the... Well, they're instrumentals, peppy. and, you know, you, you can't play any, like, yes. pop music... That right. you know, that's right. you Copyrighted. gotta get the license yeah. and all that. So yeah. we just do fun Charlotte, little. Charlotte, yeah. By the way, we have a guest here, Charlotte. Yeah. And Charlotte, Charlotte is wondering what did I get myself into? Who are <laughs> why, these crazy people? Why are they debating the opening song? Trust me, Charlotte. There's a whole history to that. Yeah, it's a big deal. It's a big deal. We've not landed on it. Chris likes the idea of a different song every time. Okay, yeah, that's fun. I. I, I, I don't know why I care, but for some reason <laughs> I say I don't care, and yet I obviously really care. And enjoy it. Mm-hmm. I enjoy it. You I'm enjoy a music the music. Fan. Okay. Well, hey, everybody. Welcome to another. Oh, I'm sorry about that. See, I'm getting Producer so Chris. excited. <laughs> Producer Chris. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Charlotte, Charlotte also asked us, do you guys ever edit and cut? And we're like, nope, never. And there's an example. We won't, we won't edit that out. This is all going to be in there. It's this all is who we are. Great. Great. Yep. Yeah. Exactly. So everybody, welcome to another episode of our On Purpose Parents podcast. As always, in our little studio, my name is Kurt. I'm Grace. And over in the corner... Chris. Producer Chris, <laughs> who is a little loose with the... A little loose with the knobs today. Well, it's this Walmart thing that I got, you know, super cheap, and I'm, I, I've never done this. I'm just trying to figure it out. You're doing yeah, such a good you job. You're doing such yeah, a good yes, job. You, you really are. are. And, and, and you're doing way better than other – well, Charlotte can do a way better job because of <laughs> that is true. what Charlotte does for a living at our church. Anyway, Ar- Ariel. <laughs> Man, maybe we should edit this. <laughs> Holy smokes. We have a guy on our team named Ariel. And I just called Me? Grace Ariel. <laughs> what is happening? Grace. It's okay. Grace. It's all right. I know you know who I am. And you look eventually. nothing like Ariel. You look not, you have the same color hair as Ariel. Oh, do I? It. Yeah. <laughs> and you might be the same height because Ariel's pretty short. Oh, hey, we got gosh. a guest today with us. <laughs> we do. Grace, why don't you introduce our guest? All right. So we have Charlotte and we're super excited to have her. This is going to be start of a series that we're doing where we're inviting parents um, to talk about their experiences and their experiences parenting kids of all ages and stages. And we're really going to kind of go back to what we talked about, our on-purpose parenting plan. So super excited to have you here and we're going to have you introduce yourself. But before we do, and before you share a little bit about yourself, 
we were thinking it'd be fun just to kind of start off with a little bit of like an icebreaker. Great. And since this is a parenting podcast, we have over here, if you're watching on YouTube, um, you can see, but if you're not watching on YouTube, I have a uh, would you rather bowl here. Oh, nice. And so mm. this is a game, a really easy, quick and um, easy game that most kids just really have fun with. So Great. since this is a parenting podcast, let's do what the kids like to do. That's so awesome. if you can pick three, three, okay. three things, we may get to all three. We may just do one. Um, we'll go with the flow here. And um, Am I reading? Yes, read them. Oh, and then okay. you can uh, give us your answers. All right. Would you rather have eyes that change color depending on your mood Ooh. or hair that changes colors depending on the temperature? Ah. That's a good one. Honestly, <laughs> neither. But uh, if I had to pick, I feel like I would say, oh, man, that's hard. I'd say hair. Because I sometimes you don't want to know, especially with kids. You don't want them to know that uh, you are yes. frustrated, even though you yeah, are very true. frustrated. So I'm going to go with hair. Oh, that's a good run. Yeah. That's right. Like if your eyes turned red yeah, every time they're you're like, mad. Mom's mad. And, 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 and it's on you. That's yeah. on you. Yeah. Right. If it's cold and your hair turns orange, that's not your fault. Yeah. It just, it, it's just telling me what the weather is. Yeah, I don't have to look at my app. Yes, yeah, so it's like a visual... <laughs> Thermometer, thermometer, barometer, thermometer, thermometer. No, wait, thermometer. A thermometer tells you the temperature. Right. A barometer oh, tells you the thermostat. humidity. Thermostat. I it, actually, I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> anyway. Oh my goodness. Thermostat. Yeah. No. No. no, thermostat <laughs> is what you set to determine. <laughs> anyway. Okay, right. but yes. So hair point taken. Hair it's extra. changes colors. Yeah. Yes. Okay. That's cool. I like that. That'd be me too. Okay. Yeah. I think so too. Yeah. It's the other one's too revealing. Yeah, it's too yeah. revealing. It's I too mean, exposing. yeah. We want to feel our feelings, but yes. sometimes it's like you know we don't need it to be exposed in our yes. eyes exactly. all the time. Yes. yes. All right. Totally. Let's do the second one. Um, would you rather live in a place where it never stops raining, or live in a place that stays 110 degrees year round? Oh, Definitely gosh. raining. That yes. is so easy for me. Yeah. Really? Yeah. I can't hang with the heat. I feel yeah. like I have like reverse seasonal <laughs> things where oh, yeah. it's not when it's cold and rainy it's when it's hot you like won't I get, get angry you won't get depressed after four months of rain well Just i like did grow gray. up in california so i have no idea but, <laughs> but one, one i love the rain though and i i would i mean i would totally live in a rainy climate if i okay. could oh that's wow. cool that was an yeah. easy one for you totally that's, Grace? Awesome. <sighs> that's tough but i i probably would also go with the rain um although it's been quite rainy in California, which is unusual this year, and it's been it's been kind of glum. I'm over it. I'm kind of sad. Yeah, <laughs> I'd be the sunny and hot and one ten all day. Yeah, one ten is a lot. One ten is a lot. One ten makes it really tough to do anything outside. Yeah, it could be dangerous. Dangerous. <sighs> It'd be hard to. Although I, I think I'd take it. Surfing. Yeah, <laughs> you do the more I than the rain. I'd, I think I'd take it. And last one. Okay, last, last one is. Would you rather be the mo most overdressed or the most underdressed at a party? Hmm. Dun, dun, dun. Oh, that one's tough. I'd probably say... Mm. <laughs> Either way, it's awkward. I know, right? Like, <laughs> and, which and, awkward do you want? Where, which awkward do you party? want? What kind yeah. of party? If it's a party at the White House? Any kind of gathering. Yeah. I don't want to be underdressed oh. at the White House. 
I'd probably say underdressed. I think I would too. Legitimately, because it's like if you show up and you're dressed to the nines and no one else is, that's, that's a different tough. kind it's of different, awkward yeah. than, yeah, you just wore sweatpants to and work. And most, that's a weird. <laughs> most of the parties that the three of us get invited to, underdress Under- is okay. <laughs> yeah. Underdress is true. okay. Yeah, I think so, because it, it's going to be awkward either way. Might as well be comfortable and awkward yeah. versus like super overdressed yeah. and awkward at the same time. Well, awesome. That was really fun. Well, Thanks I, for. I know oh. you don't care much about my opinion because I'm over here in the corner, but underdressed for me yeah. and 110 degree temperature for me also. So And uh, hair okay. color or eyes? Producer Chris. Um, eyes. Uh, oh, you would oh, like to reveal what? your emotions to the world? <laughs> no, or you just said that? nobody would choose that. I don't remember the question. Yeah. I just... there you go. All right. All right. Well, hey, um, oh, Charlotte, man. like Grace mentioned, this is part one of what's going to be a, how many episodes? Eight episodes or so of mm-hmm. interviewing and conversations. Yeah, ten. ten. Thank mm-hmm, you. Because mm-hmm. five stages of parenting, we're going to interview a female and a and a, a, a mom, mom and a dad, and a, dad, a yeah. mom and a dad, not related to each other. So not necessarily from the same family each week. And we're kicking it off with Charlotte. Charlotte, why don't you tell us a little bit about who you are, what you do for a living and specifically your kids and what, what stage and age you're in, in the parenting journey. Yeah. So, uh, I'm Charlotte and I work here at Saddleback. I've worked here for 10 years, always mm-hmm. making, uh, basically the kids content for um, the weekend and online on YouTube, mm-hmm. all that stuff. Um, and now we do next gen as well. So everything creative content, we try to produce and get out there. So without, without beating our own drum again, but you, you <laughs> are largely responsible for the 500,000 followers on YouTube. That yeah. The kids program. Has. Yeah. So, I mean, wow. one of my favorite things I get to do is the Bible stories. So right. my husband, Luke actually animates all those and I wow. write and produce all of them. So that's been like, you know, kind of my passion project over the last seven years is that's animating incredible. the Bible stories. And that's largely why people come to our YouTube is right. to watch those. Super fun. I, I know our kids really enjoy that and it's like a way to make learning about the bible fun and cool yeah Yeah, so awesome yeah well can you before we start getting into the ages and stages and the framework of on-purpose parenting and your experience with that can you just share maybe what's been um oh and tell us about your kids as well Mm -hmm. and your family but um um, maybe what's been a real memorable moment, surprising moment in parenting so far? Yeah. So I have two kids. I have Owen, who is three and a half, and Quinn, who is five months, um, which is a fun age split, three years apart. Mm. And um, I feel like lately it's been cool with Owen because he's just kind of started getting to the stage where he can have like spiritual conversations mm. legitimately as a three-year-old. And so it's been fun talking to him more about Jesus. He's really into Bible stories. So, I mean, part of it is I think he's trying to delay bedtime. So he'll say another story, another story. And it's like, I'm not going to say no to a Bible story, but he knows how to get it. He knows how to do it. He knows how to manipulate at three years old. Um, But it's been fun. So, I mean, he's also been more interested in stories in general. So he's been watching Disney movies and stuff like that. So it's been fun having conversations with him about why people do certain things, why they act certain 
ways. He was really confused about the Little Mermaid, about oh. why oh, the dad was a certain way. So yeah. I was kind of oh, talking no. to him about that. And we were just sitting there. I was like, whatever, I'm going to go for it. So I was talking to him about how, like, you know, Trident took Ariel's punishment for him or for her. Like, she was supposed to ha- be punished for all the wrong things that she did. But her dad took that. And he was like, yeah. And I was like, and that's what Jesus does for us for oh. real. And so we had this whole conversation hmm. about, you know, we do wrong things. We and we should be punished for those yeah. things but Jesus does that took that for us and that's what he did on the cross that's what we're celebrating in a for with Easter in a few weeks and we kind of had this whole conversation and I was talking to him about like kind of a little mini gospel for a 3-year-old of so you know how could you do you want if you want to be with Jesus forever in heaven, you know, we say we're sorry, we ask for forgiveness and he always forgives us and so we had that conversation and then he just kind of was like okay, but what about like steam trains? Like how did it, you know, it was like kind of that thing where you're like, oh, you think you're having this like beautiful parenting moment and then he just jumps. But it was interesting because even at that age, like a few weeks later, he was talking to me and he said, what's Jesus doing right now? And I was like, well, he's in heaven. He's making a home for you. And he's like, I want to go there. I want to follow Jesus and I want to have, be in heaven with him forever. And it's like, you know, he's three And I truly believe that's like part of his faith journey, right? Right. That, you know, he's young and his understanding is limited, but in as much as he can understand, he wants to follow Jesus. And so for me, it's been cool at such a young age how these kids can have, Mm. you know, spiritual Mm -hmm. conversations and can think about things and, Mm. um, and start to, to know Jesus in their own little way at that age. So that's been the most memorable. um, And that's really just been recently in like the past I feel like six months, like sure. since he turned three, sure. it kind of changes yeah. how their brains are wired yeah. and how they think and stuff. That's really cool. Yeah. Well, speaking of three and five months, um, you, you got you and you and Luke are right kind of smack in the middle with mm-hmm. Owen in the middle um, of this first stage of parenting that we talked about on our on purpose parent plan. And that is the stage that we call like your for every stage. We have a role mm-hmm. and a goal mm-hmm. for parenting. And if you've been listening to this podcast for any amount of time, hopefully you hear us when we say this is just one way to think about it. We're not saying that everybody has to see it this way, but we do talk a lot about how in parenting intentionality matters Mm -hmm. and you almost never accidentally get to where you want to go. You never, or you rarely unintentionally get the results you want in life. Um, And especially with, with raising children. And so the idea of the on purpose parent plan is just to help maybe frame some aspects of parenting in a way that parents can go, oh, that helps me for this season. Mm -hmm. Just to have a little bit of an understanding of what my role as a parent is, maybe what's a goal in our parenting. And so in this first stage of parenting, when our kids are from birth till about kindergarten, kind of zero to five, zero to six, the the role that we've kind of assigned to that is the role of a caregiver. I mean, because Mm -hmm. your kids are very, 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 dependent on you in, in those stages, almost entirely. Mm-hmm. Owen, a little bit less and less. He can probably knows where the snacks are. And, you know, if, <laughs> if for some reason Owen was by himself for a couple hours in the house, he could probably figure out how to... That would be mayhem. <laughs> <laughs> hours <laughs> is terrible. <laughs> Maybe not a couple but hours. 30 minutes. Yeah, 30 yeah. minutes. But he could probably find the snacks. He could probably, you know, he knows where to go to the bathroom. You know, there's a few yeah, things, yeah, yeah. A few things yeah. that he's kind of got. He's on his own a little bit. Yeah. But yeah. for the most part, you're still the caregiver. Totally. And the goal as a caregiver, we would suggest on this path to raising interdependent, 
lifelong followers of Jesus who want to make a kingdom contribution. That's what we've identified as. We think that's a very universal goal for any parent who's a Jesus follower. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Because it doesn't talk about what college should they go to? What should they do for a career? When should we let them date? Those are all part of the parenting journey. We think those would be at best secondary issues to the primary issue that's the same for all of us. And that is we want to raise our kids to be interdependent, lifelong followers of Jesus who want to make some kind of kingdom contribution with the way God's gifted and shaped them. Mm-hmm. Um, and so along that journey, in your role now, Charlotte, as a caregiver, we would say the goal there is for your kids to see the faith of mom and dad, to see your and Luke's faith. Um, and so that's kind of kind of where we're at. So one of the questions we wanted to ask you is, as you think about that age and stage, that that role of caregiver, the goal of them seeing your faith, are there some things that you've sort of intentionally done? How have you experienced maybe that role? We mm-hmm. beyond the obvious, well, we feed them, and we you know, but how have you really some done some caregiving in some maybe different unforeseen ways that you didn't expect? Specifically, how are you maybe intentionally living a life that they, even at a very young age, are seeing your faith? Yeah. Yeah, you know, it's interesting because this is a really hard stage Mm -hmm. to have spiritual discipline. Like, really hard. I feel like everyone I know who's in this stage that, you know, it's having a quiet time Mm. feels like impossible, especially when your kids are awake. So it's different than they see me when I they come down the stairs. I mean, they don't even come down the stairs by themselves. You're walking right. them down the stairs right. and they don't see me reading my Bible or whatever. But I think what I've tried to do is when he doesn't see those spiritual disciplines, he can see like we go to church mm-hmm. and that seems basic, but I feel like that's how he's starting to see it is like, and he's even asked cause he doesn't go to church with us. He goes to his class. So right. he's like, well, what are you doing? And mm-hmm. I'm like, well, we're going to church too. And we're learning about Jesus too. And we're worshiping him and we love it. And we, we love being at church and, you know, mm-hmm. kind of explaining to him what we're doing. Um, and for Quinn, who's five months, you know, she's just, she's always with us. So it's at that age she's seeing, I mean, you know, she's five months, so she's not going to (laughs) remember, but you know, we bring her in the worship service and she like, like ooze during the songs and all that stuff. And you know, it's cute and it's fun to see that. But I feel like for Owen, it's kind of explaining to him what we're doing when we go to church. I think it's also, we try to pray together and a lot of it is like demystifying it for him too. Mm -hmm. So him seeing our faith in a way that isn't, is attainable for him because when we pray, we try to pray in words that he understands or in words that, um, for a while he was saying, I don't know the words to say. We'd say, do you want to pray? And he said, I don't know the words. And we're like, there aren't words. Like, so we try to like mix Mm -hmm. it up where we're not saying the same thing every time. So kind of seeing, I feel like that's how he sees it mostly is, um, is us praying us like singing worship songs. We'll try to like have little family dance parties and, uh, worship together in that way. Um, and, and the big part though, I feel like as far as seeing is like going to church and yeah. seeing that. No, I love, I love that. I think such an important part when in this early stage of parenting is normalizing a lot of stuff, mm-hmm. right? Like you, you normalize that it's okay to have different feelings. Mm-hmm. You normalize a lot of st- your, what you're modeling for your kids, you're trying to normalize for them. So in their mind, it just is a natural part of how we humans do things, right? Mm-hmm. Oh, I see mom and dad 
talking about e- talking to each other when they're frustrated, which again, at Owen's age, how he processes that is different than maybe a junior higher would, but he, you're beginning to normalize. And so I think things like praying together, going to church, the way, the way you do reprimand or whatever, mm-hmm. you are normalizing what it means to live a life as parents and a family as followers of Jesus. Yeah. And they, he does not know how to articulate it right now, but so much of what kids experience, security, mm-hmm, love, mm-hmm. all that kind of stuff, trust, so much of that is hardwired into them in this first stage of life. Mm-hmm. And a lot of that for followers of Jesus is how do we do all those things in a way that helps normalize Christianity so that it's just part of our lifestyle, part of yeah. what we – going to church is one of the things we do. Mm-hmm. But we also pray and have dance parties and we forgive each other and we say we're sorry and we share our toys. A lot of that stuff is stuff that parents teach even if they're not followers of Jesus. But as followers of Jesus, the seeing your faith, sometimes I think we go, hey – we don't have to worry too much about all this stuff until they get maybe in, in middle school or maybe upper elementary where they're really starting to ask tough questions. We better have our act together. But it starts in this foundation, which is why so many kids in churches will say, I don't really know when I became a Jesus follower. Right. It just, I just grew up. I just always knew that God loved me. I always knew that Jesus loved me. Well, a lot of that always knew is because of things like you're talking about you and Luke do intentionally right now when they don't really even understand how to process it. Mm -hmm. But that's contributing to this. I just kind of always knew it was just in our DNA. It's just how our family lived their lives. Yeah. And I, and I love what you said too. You said this stage of caregiving is so hard. Mm -hmm. And so I know talking to a lot of parents in this stage and I've forgotten a lot of it already because I'm out of that stage and it's so easy to forget how hands-on and how all-consuming and difficult mm-hmm. it is, um, that it's very easy to be like, oh, I'm not showing my faith in the stereotypical, you know, visible, I'm reading the Bible in front of my kids kind of way. So mm-hmm. I just thought it was so great that you're pointing out, I'm talking to my kids about faith by watching The Little Mermaid <laughs> and yeah. making a connection because in this stage, it isn't, you know, the obvious spiritual activity that relates to the kids at all. Mm-hmm. It's your day-to-day activity. Like you're saying, normalizing things. It's how they feel loved, how they feel secure, how they uh, can trust adults when that's really yeah. great. And I think that's such a good reminder because I think a lot of parents in this stage may feel pressure to show their faith in a certain way or feel like maybe they're missing the mark mm-hmm. by not doing something obvious, mm-hmm. least spiritual, um, in a way that kids can understand. Mm-hmm. But kids aren't not, and they're not going to understand everything the way adults will, you know, or even teenagers will. Um, but like you were saying, making the connections to the day to day, that's like such that's a beautiful great. thing. Yeah. Awesome. You know? yeah. Charlotte, what's been, you think about Quinn five months, Owen, three and a half years old, what's been one or two sort of unexpected learnings, unexpected experiences, good or bad yeah. that, that's, that you, that stick out in this age and stage of parenting? Yeah. I mean, part of what I already said, like, it's so hard. Mm. Like, I think that was really <laughs> unexpected. I've worked with kids since I was like a kid. So I've mm. worked in volunteered in kids ministry since I was 11. So 
like I kind of was like, I know kids, mm-hmm. like <laughs> I love kids. This is easy or whatever. And even I particularly worked with early childhood kids a lot, but I mean, the baby stage is so incredibly hard. At least it was for me. Um, like I'm still sleep deprived with mm-hmm. a five month old. So, you know, I mean, the actual physical toll that it takes on you is a lot more than I thought. And then I think too, with Owen now being a three-year-old, it's like, man, this is tough. Like, you know, I mean, the tantrums, the, you know, him wanting a certain thing him just like turning on a dime. It's like, and it's universal. I feel like everyone I talk to is says that. And that's why there's full Instagram accounts devoted to just like talking about (laughs) how ridiculous it is. Cause there's one that I follow that says like, we're going to have meltdown Monday, which everyone just says like, what did your toddler meltdown about? Just to like create some, like, this is normal. Like we're all going through this. But I think I wasn't aware of that before I became a parent. I just didn't realize how hard it was. So I think that's one thing. Um, And it's the same thing with babies. I didn't realize how hard it was to have a baby, like the toll it takes on you as a mom. Mm -hmm. Like, and I mean, and it, it is different for everyone. Sometimes it's physically really hard. Sometimes you go through postpartum depression or anxiety. Mm -hmm. Like there's just so much that I didn't Mm -hmm. realize you could go through when you're having a baby. Mm. Um, so I feel like that's like the kind of the downer one. <laughs> it's just, it's just hard. Yeah, sure. Um, but I feel like the unexpected good thing is I didn't realize how early on they can develop their personality. They mm. can be fun. Like they can have, like I said, spiritual conversations at such a young age, even at two years old, I feel like we were having conversations with Owen and he was wanting to learn how to pray or, you know, whatever. Like, I, I think that was something that was exciting to me because I saw that with working with kids. I saw that with kindergartners and four-year-olds, but I didn't realize like a three-year-old mm. can yeah. start, you can be like planting seeds mm. and cultivating those seeds in a three-year-old. And I, it just never occurred to yeah. me even mm. working with kids for so long. So I love that. I feel like it's so cool to see and I just feel like it has to like make God so happy mm. to just see these kids at such an early age so wanting to do that. Latching onto something you said, seeing their personality and you then use the word cultivating, mm-hmm. like give some examples, maybe that another mom or dad listening that they say, okay, I'd like to cultivate my three-year-old's personality. And like, what are some examples of things you might do or things you have done that would help cultivate that and, and kind of develop that at that age? Yeah. I mean, for three, well, really threes through kinder, like it's the why phase, right? So there's always saying like, (laughs) why this, why that? And that can get like super exhausting, but really, I mean, you kind of hinted at it earlier that you're, you're normalizing. It's also like you're shaping their worldview. Mm -hmm. So I think like one way to cultivate is like, as they're asking why, like you're actually explaining to them how the world works. Like Mm. Quinn has never seen anything before. Like she came out and she doesn't know what a human faces. So she's like learning the world visually. She's learning what things are, what they feel like, but Owen's learning like his place in the world and Mm -hmm. how he interacts with people. So I feel like for me, for cultivating his personality and like his way of relating to people is like, we talk a lot about like what someone did and what his response can be or Mm -hmm. What do we do when someone, you know, he's in preschool and it broke my heart because he came home and said, like, some kid told him that he couldn't sit with him. And I was like, oh, my gosh, you're yes. three. Like, why? But then we talked about, like, OK, well, you know, are, do you ever want to be alone? Do you ever want to, like, spend some time by yourself? Maybe that's what they're feeling. So kind of like trying to help him, like, figure out, like, how does he relate with other people yeah. um, or even like talking. And he said one kid was a mean kid. And we talked about, OK, that kid 
you know, he's making wrong choices. He's not, right. he's doing mean so things. So in, in mm. neither case, it doesn't sound like the first thing you did was call the school and complain and make sure the pa other parent knew that their child is bullying your son and is using mean. No, I mean, I, that's what I wanted to do. <laughs> I think, you know, you go into like mama bear mode where you're like, I want to take, you yeah. know. No, I know. But I mean, but then it's cool because in those situations, then the kid started becoming his friend. He said, he's, right. he's nice now. And I was like, so right. you can make different choices. Yeah. But that mm -hmm. is an example of like, in that moment, I was teaching Owen that like, you don't, you're not defined mm -hmm. by your choice. <laughs> like you're defined by what God says yeah. of you and you're not mean or nice. You choose to be mean or you right. choose. Mm -hmm. And right. so it's like, and then you can choose to make a different yeah. choice. So like, it's all those things where it's like in the moment, I feel like yeah. my head's like, what am I trying no, to say? I... But then coming out of it, it's like, you know, I'm trying to teach him that you can change, that you can make yeah. different choices. And it's a long process to, right. to get there. But if well, you keep saying it over and over, yes. that's what cultivates it. Yeah. yeah. Well, the reason I made the silly joke is because I think one of the best character traits or it might even just be more like a skill that we can teach our kids is resiliency mm -hmm. to bounce back and to move forward and to, in some ways, advocate for themselves. And one of the biggest hindrances to resiliency is when we are first response is to take action on their behalf, mm -hmm. right? Or protect them from consequence or protect them from pain or, pro or protect them from a mean child by calling the parent. So we instantly intervene. Whereas what you're talking about is no, I'm going to help him think about, I loved what you said. Yeah. This child was mean to me and you said, well, or not, not that he was mean. He didn't want to sit next to me, mm -hmm. which hurt his feelings. And you said, well, have you ever felt like maybe you want to be alone? Maybe that's what this child was feeling. Maybe he just wanted to be alone for a little while. And you, you, you spun it instead of getting super defensive and, and helped him process, yeah. which to me is helping them very early on. You're again, we, we use the word normalizing, but you're normalizing this. Don't have a knee jerk reaction. Try to see, the other person's perspective. Maybe there's something bigger going on than just what, how it affected you. Mm -hmm. um, you didn't call and make the situation right. Hey, make sure my son is never sitting right. alone, Mrs. Teacher, right? <laughs> because doing that hurts his own ability to process mm -hmm. and to empathize and to, to be resilient. So I, yeah. I, I think it's fantastic. Yeah, and it's so great. I think especially at this age that you're planting those seeds because it can feel like there's not as much fruit because mm -hmm. I remember at this age, you may be planting those seeds, but you're not quite sure if they fully get it. Yeah. Like they're, <laughs> you know, and then they switch over back to like tractor trucks or whatever yeah. it is that they're um, <laughs> distracted by. So it may seem like, well, I will just wait to explain some of these concepts till they're older mm -hmm. and they can understand or mm -hmm. they could at least show verbally that they understand. But in a lot of ways, they are understanding. They may not just be able to articulate exactly what it is, but they're getting the concepts. They're getting, you know, that rep repetition of how you're helping them see the world, process the world, reflect on themselves. Mm -hmm. And it's like, to me, it's like, it's like a layer. It's like it's building up over time and you are building up their resilience, but their emotional awareness and, mm -hmm just um, even concept, like you're introducing concepts of, oh, I'm not a bad person if somebody doesn't want to sit with me, mm -hmm. but that person is also not a bad person. That's like a, a concept that yeah. has to be, you know, shared 
to be able to un- be understood, especially for mm. kids. So that's really awesome, yeah. especially at this age where sometimes it's not as rewarding to share. Yeah. And then it's like, did you <laughs> did you understand these words of brilliance that I've yeah. imparted on you? <laughs> well, and I hope that when he's 10, like this sets the foundation mm-hmm. for that. We'll see. Who knows? I could be back Absolutely. here in five years and be like, <laughs> didn't work. But I mean, I think I think it's easier to like kind of like sow the seeds, cultivate the ground now, knowing that that's going to come later. And yeah. that's what I'm like hopeful yeah. for. I think that's why so many kids do come to faith, yeah. like right. around first grade-ish, yeah. because it's like they've been taught that for years and right. years. And then it's mm-hmm. like, okay, now I yeah. can make that decision. My mind, when you said it oh, five years from now, if it didn't work, my mind went to, okay, if Owen is an eight-year-old car thief, <laughs> then we'll, we'll probably have to reconvene and say, okay, yeah. we're something, something didn't quite go as planned. <laughs> Part two of this podcast. <laughs> Live from prison. Oh, Owen. No. Owen, oh my. The world's youngest car thief. Uh, <laughs> okay. What, what, one last question. Mm-hmm. Right. I don't know who's asking. You okay, know? Oh, yeah, okay. okay. All right, well, I'm here. So um, if you were to just kind of wrap up our time together, um, what's an advice that you would give to parents who are in this stage mm-hmm. and trying to work out all the things of this age and stage and trying to have the goal of helping their kids see their faith? Mm-hmm. Um, is there anything and kind of any final thoughts or advice that you would give to, to parents who are experiencing maybe similar things as you? Yeah. I think it'd be like trying to remember the bigger picture whenever you can and Mm. also giving yourself grace when you mess up in that Mm. moment. Because I think, you know, there's so much pressure on parents in my stage to like Mm. feed your kid the colors of the rainbow, to like (laughs) have a script for when they have a tantrum, to like make your, you know, kid like Instagram cute or whatever. There's so much pressure (laughs) and it's exhausting when you're like looking on social media. Social media Mm. is such a big part of, I feel like a lot of parents' lives in my stage. And sometimes it's great because it gives us a lot of tips and sometimes it's like, so you you compare a lot. So mm-hmm. I think like when we mess up, it's like how can we in those moments see the bigger picture too of like what's the what's the like long game of mm-hmm. your parenting style? And you might mess up in the moment. Like I feel like I messed up in the moment this week when mm-hmm. I had both kids by myself and I'm like, I'm just so exhausted mm-hmm. and I like am on the verge of yelling because it's so hard because you're just you're drained. But it's like, okay, but what's like my long my long term, like what's my long game in parenting him? And even if I mess up in those moments, like, right. I mean, that's a great opportunity to ask for forgiveness and show him that. And like, that's the bigger picture of, so I think like it's when you are caring for the every need, it's so hard to get so zeroed in on just getting through the day. And that's what we have to do so often, but it's like, what are the things we're doing that are like lasting mm-hmm. and, and kind of finding like comfort in that. Right. Really yeah, good. that's great. Like that. yeah. yeah. Well, a bad moment doesn't make you a bad parent, right? Mm. Yeah, it, it, it doesn't. Um, and everybody has bad moments, and the arc is very long. Yeah. And raise eighteen years and beyond, mm-hmm. you know, is is a long time. And we're gonna mess up, and we're gonna get it wrong, and we're gonna. You you said you felt like you wanted to yell. You probably have yelled, and you probably will at some point, right? I mean, it, it happens, yeah. it, or we we just we overreact, or we underreact in a way that we know maybe we shouldn't have, mm-hmm. right? For the situation, and we get it, we get it wrong all the time. Mm-hmm. Um, parents hang in there. If you're the parent, like Charlotte, if you're in this stage where you have a 
somewhere in that zero to five. Those are tough years. So hard. They go by fast. Um, Reggie Joyner, who runs an organization called Orange and Rethink, and it's a parenting organization. He has a statement where he says, um, the, the, the years, no, I don't know what he says. <laughs> the days the are days, long, the but the years are, are short. Yeah, I have a you. mug that someone gave me that yeah. says. Yeah. The <laughs> days are long, right. but the years are short, which is so true, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, there are days where you just feel like this is a grind. And I can say, and Grace, you can too. You're mm-hmm. not as far removed from that stage as I am. But man, oh man, did those years go by fast. Oh, so fast. And cherish them. Charlotte, cherish them. <laughs> yeah. you, you, and we forget you, you, all you the don't... pain. We're just like, they were glorious They were great. Days. They, yeah. they were, were so cute no and yeah. angelic. Yeah. 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 They don't feel were... short right now. Yeah, I, know. <laughs> <laughs> I get the. It's true, yeah. you know. Yeah. But so, it's to your point is it's perspective. When, yeah. you're, when you're in our place where the kids are older, it's easy to have that bigger picture perspective because it's like, yay, they can shower by themselves. And right. well, hopefully your kids can shower by themselves. But like in your stage, it's just so hard to get perspective. So yeah. that's such wonderful advice yeah. is just see the big picture. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, everybody, thanks so much for listening. Charlotte, thanks a ton for yeah. giving us your time. You can always send us a question at parents at saddleback.com. Share this podcast with your friends and we will see you next time around. Bye everyone. Thanks for joining the On Purpose Parents podcast. If you enjoyed this episode, you can help us by rating and reviewing our podcast on iTunes. If you're listening on our Saddleback Parents YouTube channel, please like and leave a comment. Also, remember to subscribe to our podcast and share it with your friends. You can connect with us by texting the word parents to the number 83000, following us on Instagram at Saddleback Parents, and emailing your comments to parents at saddleback.com. As a huge thank you, you can browse our hundreds of free resources at onpurposeparents.com. All created to help you win at parenting. We'll catch you next time.